Welcome to the Conversions Podcast, where we discuss conversion rate optimization and the latest tips, technologies, and actionable strategies that you can actually use to get more of your website's visitors to take action. And now, your host, Francis Teo. Today we have with us on the podcast, Chris Hexton. Chris is the CEO and co-founder of Vero, a platform that lets you send and test targeted emails based on what your customers do or don't do on your website. Chris works with SaaS companies and e-commerce stores to help them drive conversions with better emails. Welcome to the podcast, Chris. Hi, great to be here. Thanks for having me, Francis. So Chris, could you tell us a bit more about how you got into the e-commerce and email space? Sure. So uh, I'm, I'm one of the two co-founders of a company called Vero and James and I, before starting Vero, James being my co-founder, we had a consultancy where we built predominantly e-commerce stores or other complex web applications for customers. So we, we had a, a lot of experience working with others, putting together actual uh, software and their product. And we, you know, as part of that, we, we worked with a lot of companies where this would come up time and again, where they'd want the ability to you know, edit the content of their marketing emails and adjust what sorts of emails were being sent. And you know, we often would build something custom. So it got to the point where people were paying us quite a lot of money as consultants or you know, developers to, to build this sort of platform. And it seemed crazy that there wasn't something out there at a level that, you know, that our clients could afford and that was easy enough for them to use that we could just implement. So that, I think that was the seed of the idea. And coming from that, Vera's just about to have its first birthday. So uh, we've uh, now been working on this for a year and, and I've obviously gotten a lot of great exposure over the last 12 months to uh, all sorts of companies and their email marketing. What is your overall strategy and process you recommend for increasing conversions through email? Yeah, I think, uh, well, uh, maybe I'll break this down into three points, but I think the first thing I always recommend to people in terms of overall strategy for using email to drive conversions is actually send email. So there's a lot of a lot of a lot of our potential customers or a lot of people I run into and talk to. You know, they might have um, uh, they might be collecting emails on a, a lead gen form or on their blog or you know, somewhere on their website or uh, you know as part of a newsletter at the bottom of your e-commerce store, and they are not really doing anything with these emails. So you'd be surprised how many people aren't doing anything at all. And so, so number one is actually don't be afraid to email your customers. Obviously, you should be sending them stuff they want to receive that's hopefully useful. And if you're doing that, then you shouldn't be scared to hit the send button. Uh, if you're not sending emails, you're not going to get conversions. So number one is actually think about it, put in place a strategy. Number two would be be consistent. So you know, if you decide, okay, well, I'm going to I'm going to start with a weekly newsletter. We'll do that and do it every week and start to put a structure around the email. Customers like to receive, you know, to know what they're getting themselves into, to know what they're going to be receiving, and hopefully, you know, you can it'll help you commit to generating quality emails and help you define a goal for each email you're sending. Uh, I often find if you're not consistent, then it's very easy to get demoralized if a certain email doesn't work or whatever. Whereas if you say, well, I'm going to try this every week or if I'm going to set up this automated email, it gives you the ability to tweak what you're doing uh, on an ongoing basis. And then number three in terms of overall is is personalized. So put yourself in your customer's shoes and write emails that are genuinely interesting. And if you can, go that extra bit further and think about, well, how can you break down you know, your, your list or you know, segment your list so you're actually sending people the most relevant content because obviously the more, the more relevant, the happier the end customers are and the more likely they are to actually convert and do what you want them to do. So actually send emails, number two was be consistent and number three would be personalized. I just want to touch quickly on this being consistent part. 
Well, usually for some marketers, they do either a regular newsletter or autoresponder sequence. So in your experience, how long is the lead nurturing funnel when it comes to email before people start to buy? I think it's a tricky question because it depends what sort of business you're running and exactly what sort of emails you've got going. So I mean, if you're an enterprise business that's using you know, marketing automation and you're, you know, you're trying to keep uh, potential leads interested leading up to a, a large enterprise sale, I mean, the process could be, could be months, right? It could even be a year long because that's just your sales cycle. The large customers might not be ready. But if you're an e-commerce store, perhaps it's only you know, a matter of weeks or even a matter of days if they sign up for your newsletter and you start sending them something um, regularly. So I think it really depends on the product, you, you know, what you're trying to get the person to buy and the sales cycle of that product. Um, so I would use that, use that as a guide. And I don't have a hard and fast mathematic rule. Like it's not like, you know, two times the, the standard um, product life cycle or anything, but it you know, definitely, definitely relates to, uh, to what you're selling. Yeah, unfortunately, when it comes to email and conversions, there's no hard and fast rule. I wish I had a better answer. That's right, because that would be that would be more useful. But yeah, no, the, you know, it, it definitely is. That's why you know testing is important as well. You, you got to start somewhere and see see what works. So I'm going to ask another difficult question: How often should one send email? I think it depends again. But I I like to think you know every day for me and and for the customers that I've worked with uh, and what we've seen. So every day is, is generally too much. There are a lot of e-commerce stores that do do emails every day. I think the only real exception that I've seen that works is if you're very clear. So if you say to customers, we, you know, if, when they're signing up, if you say sign up for our daily deal email or something like that, that's okay because customers know what they're getting into. But generally, I would say no more than three times a week and usually around kind of seven, six, seven, eight times you know, per month would be a good volume of email, uh, whether it's you know, newsletters you're sending or whether it's a, an autoresponder sequence uh, or a series of follow-up emails. So that's the kind of starting point that I say to people, you know, six to eight emails over, over a month-long period. Okay, but again, it depends, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, it definitely it depends. And, you know, if you have a 14-day trial, you know, for a software product, for example, you might want to send slightly more than two emails, you know, per week because you've only got 14 days to try and convert your customers. Uh, so you might want to send, you know, six over two-week period or, or whatever. I think the general rule of thumb is don't be sending rubbish, right? So if you have lots of great content and there's a relevant reason to be sending it out, then you can definitely break my rule of thumb of six to eight emails per month. Great. Can you tell us a bit more about behavioral targeted emails? Yeah, definitely. So behavioral targeted emails is a term that's in vogue at the moment and other words would be like email remarketing or lifecycle emails. And basically, you know, all it is is using customers' actions, so their behavior, to drive the sorts of emails you're sending. So using their actions to, to break down your, your big list into segments and then send more relevant content. So you know, this, you know, this is things like tracking what products customers view, how many times they've purchased before, how much have they spent with your business, how long have they been a customer for, what features have they used. You know, all, those, all those things are obviously actions or you know, their behavior. And then uh, using those both to trigger you know, perhaps a series of automated emails, uh, or a single, you know, like card abandonment email, that's an example of a behavioral targeted email. Or even using those behaviors just to alter, you know, the segments you're sending newsletters to. So, you know, if you've got a group of really loyal customers, you know, who have purchased from you five times before and have been with, you know, have purchased over, you know, the last two years, perhaps the offer you, you send uh, those customers with the launch of a new product line or something would be very different from the offer you'd want to give to, to customers who have never purchased before. So it's really just about relating behavior to the emails you send. Do you see the use of such mechanisms being on the rise? Yes, definitely. At the moment, 
I think there's lots and lots of businesses who are interested in, in being smarter with their emails. Uh, emails being around, obviously, you know, as long as the internet, basically. And I think for a while there, people were concerned that you know, email marketing was dead and you, all those sort of terms or you read those sort of blog posts. But there definitely seems to be a resurgent in, in people who, who want to get better at their emails. And you know, there's companies like Amazon that have been leading the way with this sort of behavioral targeting for the last decade. And now people are, I think the internet's got to a point where technology is good enough that every business should be able to do that sort of stuff because we've got data on hand. There's more social data available. Customers are giving you more data and uh, it's really relatively easy to track their actions. So there's tools out there now to put it all together. So I definitely think it's on the rise for sure. How easy is it for a small business to have this kind of technology? So um, what I'm saying is the market leaders, in my opinion, in this technology, at least for consumers, are Amazon and TripAdvisor. So on Amazon, if you if you just browse when you're logged into a, a certain product or certain categories of product, you will get like an email, several emails in maybe the next seven or ten days telling you, well, are you still interested in these kind of products? And same for TripAdvisor. The TripAdvisor implementation is pretty good. If you start browsing uh, for you know hotels in certain areas or looking for information for the, in certain countries, you will get that very targeted email. But it seems to me that this is quite nifty and advanced technology. So where are we in terms of technology for small businesses? Yeah, I think what those companies are doing is obviously awesome and fantastic. And they've got the advantage of probably having large data science teams spending all day on this stuff. So you know, I think to get to the, the same levels of them straight out of the gate is very difficult. But uh, you know, that's the whole reason we started Vero is I think there was there was no real tool that we felt did a good job of making it easy to track your customers' actions and then send emails off the back of it. So I think as more and more tools become available, it definitely becomes a lot easier. And, you know, we've tried to make it as simple as installing something like Google Analytics in terms of the tracking side of things. So, you know, really trying to make it familiar and easy to get up and running with. I think the challenge can come with once you've got the technology part covered, which tools can help you do. How do you design these campaigns? and how do you test them and that's what I spend a lot of my time uh, talking to customers about and I think there's part of it's reading part of it's just setting aside some time to do it and I definitely well I mean I'm obviously a bit biased because you know our customers are investing time in this but you know if you're going to invest time in A-B testing your landing pages and whatnot then you should also consider investing time in in these sort of behavioral emails because the payoff can be equally as good so I think it's still you know in all honesty it's definitely something you have to put aside time for and it's a little bit more challenging than traditional email marketing but the tools out there are making it a lot easier to get close to what Amazon is doing, though I'm sure we're probably still a few years away before everyone's as good as Amazon, but uh, they do have probably tens of people working on it. So could you share with us some case studies where such behavioral targeted emails were used to increase conversions? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think the, the most black and white example I've got, I've used this before around the place, but is uh, one of our customers called FlightFox, and I like the example because it's very clear and easy to understand. So they're basically a travel company of sorts. And if you want to, say, fly from Sydney to San Francisco, you can put up a, a listing on their, on their site and they have real people, they're almost like virtual travel agents all around the world who will try and find you the best flight, the best price. And so they've got like a two-step funnel where you put up, you say, oh, I want to go from San Francisco to Sydney. You know, my name's Chris, here's my email. And then the second step is you've, you've got to uh, engage with the site and actually pay a, a finder's fee to, to the travel agents. And they obviously have... Obviously, every time there's like payment, there's a big drop-off point. So they had a large drop-off from step one to step two. But because they could track, you know, a lot of detail about what the customers were doing, you know, where they'd come from, where they wanted to travel to, etc., 
It's kind of the perfect funnel for New Murray Marketing. And um, they put together a campaign and I think initially it, it, it lifted the whole convergence on that funnel by 20% and this testing my memory. And then from there, they've A-B tested uh, that campaign, you know, the offers they give, the copy, how the email's structured. And so they've doubled the conversion rate on that email again. So, you know, for them, I mean, that's, that's an instant win, right? Like it's putting dollars on the bottom line straight away. And the other great thing is it's a permanent email. So, you know, they still use that email today. They've been using it probably for nine or 10 months. And, uh, and, and why would they stop? You know, it, it really, really works. So that's like a really, you know, that is, is very simple to understand. It works really effectively for them. There's obviously um, lots of emails that e-commerce stores send. You know, we've seen customers, you know, use even something as basic as cart abandonment, which you'd be surprised how many stores aren't doing. And, and those convert on average anywhere from sort of 12 to 25%, you know, in terms of 12 to 25% of people who get the email come back and purchase. So that's pretty awesome. And then um, you've got all sorts of emails you can you can send on top of that as well to to lift the conversions even higher. You know, head towards thirty percent. So there's a ton you could do that I could uh, talk about. For this campaign, do you mind sharing how long it took to implement? What kind of work is required to get this lift, basically? So it's basically uh, the steps really, and and this leads into something else. Yes, yeah, definitely should say along here. So yeah, so in terms of the amount of work it takes to implement something like that, it's kind of a three-step process. And step one is to know your funnel, like to identify what are the steps here and where's the biggest drop-off. So the first step for them was right. Well, you know, people come to our site, then people click start, you know, flight contest. People input details, and then people input their credit card details. So you know they had those steps there where they identified the drop-off between the second and third steps, they said, right, here's an opportunity to test email. And so then they integrated, uh, they use our tool, so they integrated with Vero, and it's a matter of putting some JavaScript on, on the site, and they you know, put it in the head of their site, and then they tell us, you know, they put two little bits of JavaScript on each page, and they say, well, this is step number two, and this is step number three. And basically, any customer that then goes to their site and goes through those steps, you know, tells the Vero system in real time. And then the final step is actually writing the email, which is all visual, much like using MailChimp or GetResponse or Aweber, log in, type out the email, etc., and hit go live. And uh, Vero automatically does the magic of working out people who are, you know, have done step two but haven't done step three and so on and so forth. So it's um, the most difficult part, I suppose, is is taking the time to go through those three steps. If you're in a hurry, you could do all three of those steps in, you know, within two hours or three hours probably, so not long at all for the sort of gains that they've gotten out of it. Another case study, um, and this is, these, these are not one of our customers, but they do some great stuff with lifecycle emails or um, email remarketing is, is WordPress engine. So they're like a WordPress host and they're a managed WordPress host. So like the bottom plan's 29 bucks a month. And this is WPEngine.com. So they're in a market where there's lots of people who can host WordPress. Most of them are probably $3 a month. These guys are 10 times the price, right? But they're growing really, really quickly. And one of the reasons for that is they're just really good at lifecycle email. And an email I saw from them, which is you can look up on the net, is basically an email they'd set up where when customers had been a regular customer for I think it was six months or more. So they'd been a SaaS customer for six months or more. They'd send them an automated email that would be like, you know, hey, Chris, you've been paying you know, with us for six months now. We hope you're really enjoying it. If you are, did you know you can upgrade to our annual plan, prepay up front, but we'll give you two months free. And you know, that was kind of all the body of the email. Very simple call to action. Click here to upgrade to annual and save money. You know, let us know if you've got any questions from the team at WordPress Engine. So totally lifecycle automated email. And I think that email converted at 3% in the end or similar. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but in, for a software as a service business, having 3% of your customers upgrading to annual plans from month to month is actually a ridiculously fantastic thing because it means you can fund your growth today as opposed to, to over a period of months. So 
like that's another example where I like it because it's not just your standard card abandonment example. It's a really cool example of how you can apply automated emails to, to different situations and, and make a difference for, for the growth of your business. So that's a cool one as well. Great. Um, just one more example I'm really curious about. How do you do the email remarketing for Vero? Because I believe when I signed up, I get there's some tracking on whether I installed the code and at some point, there's a really personalized email that comes to me. So could you share the philosophy behind that, I guess. Yeah, so, I mean, we obviously are big believers in using our own tool to sell our own tool. And uh, so, you know, we're always experimenting. It's also good, it's good to test, you know, like I I recently tested sending an email every day during the 14-day free trial. And uh, that wasn't, you know, didn't work. It wasn't good. So it's good to good to be able to find things like that. But for us, yeah, the the approach is we try and track as many things as possible. So when you sign up for Vero, you know, we track that. We track have you installed the tracking code. We track have you created a campaign. Have you sent a live campaign? Are all your campaigns in draft? Have you upgraded? What plan are you on? So trying to track lots and lots of actions because I guess the more actions you track, the more opportunity you have to personalize the emails. So the emails we then send, we currently send approximately six emails over the two-week period and they're a mixture of emails. Some of the emails come from me, um, the CEO. Some of the emails come from James, our CTO. Like if you haven't, I think it's on day four, if you haven't yet installed the JavaScript, you'll get an email from James that says, hey, I'm in charge of the tech team. I noticed you haven't installed the JavaScript. You're having any technical issues that I can help with from James. And um, that's a really good example of, you know, if you have installed the JavaScript, there's no point in you getting that email. If you haven't installed the JavaScript, it's a really helpful email because it's come direct from the wizards inside Vero and uh, it's a really impressive email. So we've got lots of emails like that. You know, as you get towards the end of your free trial, if you haven't yet done anything, we don't actually cancel your free trial or we send you an email that says, hey, you know, your free trial ends tomorrow. Notice you're not ready yet to subscribe. Would you like me to extend your trial? That sort of thing. And we don't send that to everyone. Like, there's a whole bunch of parameters that you have to fulfill. But... Uh, it works really well because at the end of the day, for us, we're trying to get people actively sending emails uh, so that they're happy paying customers. So um, email really helped. Yeah, I remember getting that email because I was really slow in installing anything. I don't think I've installed it yet because I've been so busy with other other things. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there you go. You can speak from uh, first-hand experience. Particular thing I want to ask about, I guess, is do you still send the email that says if you need help, uh, you can contact me on Skype? Yes, I do. So I think... That's now being sent one day after you sign up and it comes from me personally. It's just like a two-line email or something like that. How well does that work? Because you are basically trying to move from a medium like email, which is, I guess, low engagement to a very high engagement kind of marketing like Skype where you get to talk to the customer face-to-face. Yeah, so that's an interesting email in the sense that it's difficult to measure. I guess this is another discussion in itself, but measuring like attribution from emails. And um, like that email doesn't have a link in it. You know, it just says write back or add me on Skype. And it works really well uh, from, from the perspective of lots of people write back and say, you know, hello, here's my questions. Lots of people add me on Skype. And, you know, being a, being a young company, it's really important to me that I talk to customers and get to know them because it's fun, it's interesting. So anecdotally, the email works really well. And, uh, you know, we still send it because it makes people feel good as, as far as, you know, the data shows. So it's, you know, if you've got the means to have someone talking to customers on a, you know, a highly engaged channel like Skype or following up with a phone call, um, then, you know, giving them the ability to get in touch with you first is, uh, is a positive thing to do for sure. 
I mean, I know you probably can't give numbers on this because it's going to be hard to track, but what's the conversion rate like if somebody, you get somebody on Skype? How likely is it that this guy will buy? If so if we get someone, if I talk to someone, like if they come after me and I'm just looking down my Skype list now and there are, you know, probably half my contact list is customers these days. And, uh, you know, the, the chance would be approximately 80%, I would say. And I'm just trying to see if I can get a better number than me making it up from Google Analytics for that particular campaign. But it's obviously hard to tie the Skype bit in. But customers that add me on Skype are usually very serious about this stuff and they've probably had experience before or they're very, very interested in learning. And, you know, I'm more than happy to give my time talking to people. So it just builds a relationship. You kind of become friends, you know, more than customers. And so uh, the conversion rate's very high. But obviously the trade-off for that is it's resource intensive. So you have to think about that as well. Well, I mean, for such a high conversion rate, it makes sense to have somebody, even when you guys grow, it makes sense to have somebody to mend the phones, basically. Yeah, I think, and look, I wouldn't say that's for every company. Uh, Kissmetrics is an example I like to use here. You know, I think a product like ours is, it's a product you can do a lot with. So it's a very powerful product. And for that reason, you know, it can be daunting you know, for some customers, depending on their previous experience. And Kissmetrics is the same. And, you know, I know that they have a very robust, uh, you know, outbound sales team, if you will. So if you sign up for Kissmetrics, which you should do because it's a great product, they'll not only send you a series of awesome lifecycle emails, but at certain points in that process, you'll get phone calls at least twice, probably more like three or four times from someone on their team. And that's because they're trying to build that direct connection. And, you know, it can be annoying or it can also be awesome depending how it's done. So, yeah, for, for our business, it's definitely something we are doing more more and more and as you said you know we'll continue to do as we grow it might not be me but someone here will do that really i've never gotten a call from kissmetrics maybe you don't fulfill the parameters but uh i've signed up a couple of times for different things and uh every time yeah they do and then i I really like it so so it uh, works on me anyway well, I, I'm the guy who likes to ask the difficult technical questions so i i think the support is really great i mean I have these questions and they escalated it to their technical team and I actually get to talk to a real engineer, which is quite rare in, in, in these days. Like, you usually get just to talk to the customer support team. Yeah, that is, to me, killer. Like, you know, why not? And it's good for them. It's good for their engineers to get that experience. So I'm a big fan of, you know, not just having a customer support team, but making customer support company-wide, a company-wide effort. But I mean, this, this is digressing a bit, but well, being a tech person myself, I, I really love it when I get to talk to the tech guy at the other end of the, of the line. But it just makes the conversation sort of easier and more relevant. Yeah, you just get instant feedback that makes sense and, uh, you know, just get palmed off. You get a feeling that, you know, this product is really robust when you actually get to talk to essentially a very high level engineer on the other end and you you feel reassured that the thing won't break yeah absolutely absolutely right and uh you know particularly if they sound like they know what they're talking about so could you share with us some of the challenges when it comes to tracking results from email marketing yeah i think the challenge is tying everything back to a net result so opens and clicks for example good but at the end of the day how much How many people are converting from these campaigns and how much money am I making from these campaigns are the key questions. And it's the same with analytics, right? You know, page views are good, but it's not as useful as knowing how many people actually took a goal. In my opinion, it's all about all that tracking conversions. And uh, there are lots of ways you can do that. Some tools will have it built in. You know, Vero has it built in. Uh, There's add-ons for certain other email service providers too. Or you can do it in good old Google Analytics. And I think as a secondary point, you know, once you start saying, yes, I'm going to track conversions, you know, you can set that up and you can get, you know, high level measure each campaign. How many people did I send this campaign to that then went on and bought or whatever your conversion event, 
event may be. But the next step is then, you know, in today's world, most companies are not only doing email remarketing or behavioral email, they're also doing display remarketing. You know, they're also using Facebook. They're also sharing stuff on Twitter. So you all of a sudden, you've got like five or six different channels. And it's probably likely that a customer came to your site and they went and subscribed to your newsletter and then you send them a newsletter. And then, you know, they went to your Facebook page and then they came back and they browsed some products and then they eventually purchased. So all of those channels had a role. And you've got to try and work out which channel is most important. So I could go on about this all day, but you know, using multi-channel funnels in Google Analytics is really powerful. So you can see, well, not only how many emails are leading to a direct conversion, but you know, how important are emails driving you know traffic to you know through, throughout all these different channels, and that way you get a, a true measure on like uh, how important your email marketing program is. And um, there's lots of good blog posts on that. On SEO Moz is where I'd start looking, and I'm posting one later in the week as well. When it comes to tracking user behavior on multiple devices on a traditional analytics platform, and this visitor has multiple devices because regular analytics platforms use cookie-based tracking, can you share with us the issues of tracking emails for these kind of users where they have multiple devices? Is, are you able to attribute it back to the same visitor or same unique person, I guess. Yeah, so that's a very good technical question. Let's say someone came to your website on their Mac and they subscribed for your newsletter or signed up for your store and you dropped the tracking cookie there, you know, whether this is for Vera or uh, Kissmetrics or whatever, that would drop a unique cookie on that particular device, on the MacBook, for example. If that customer then browsed, and let's pretend you sent no emails, let's say that customer then came to your website on their iPhone, if they didn't you know, re-enter their details, re-enter their email. There'd be, there's no real way that I'm aware of, and I'm not the most technical person on the team, to link those two people together. You know, that if they give you their email again, then it's obviously automatic. They're aliased and it's all magic. But if you do actually, so if you send them an email and they open it on their iPhone and then they click through, you can definitely make it so that you can track who that person is. So I know that at least in the case of our emails, you know, on an outgoing link, if they click through and come back to your site, will automatically tag that person again and, and drop the cookie on their new device. So, you know, using the email, you can actually attribute the conversion, you know, all the way back to the same person just by tagging the links correctly. So, so you can do it definitely. And there's, but there's, there are definitely, there are challenges with doing it just by the very nature of uh, the person having multiple devices. I think this is, is going to be much more problematic given that the increase in mobile device usage is not going to stop. No, absolutely. And look, I'm really interested to see how the space grows. And I've got some thoughts on it. And, you know, I think technology, you know, I'm sure at some point (laughs) we'll see what privacy rules allow, but perhaps one day there'll be a service out there that you can, uh, I don't know, give it a unique hash for for a device and it'll tell you if if it's the same device owned by someone who who browsed on another browser. I don't know. Who who knows what will come in the future? I'm just going to come on and say that this is a real nightmare at the moment, tracking multiple devices and attributing it to the same visitor. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to, yeah, I'd love to hear, you know, war stories and what people are doing as well. But uh, I think it's really, really interesting space, but uh, there's no silver bullet as far as I'm aware. Could you share with us some of the major conversion problems you see on the internet today when it comes to driving conversions through email? Sure. So, I, you know, I think, um, and I, and I kind of said this at the start, I think the main thing would be, you know, not doing it. So not sending enough email. I don't mean that sending 
you know, email every day is the answer, but not being afraid to send quality content is definitely the, the biggest one that I see. But on top of that, you know, assuming you are sending emails, you know, what are the what are the major conversion problems out there? I would say one is not being clear or not being simple. So you see a lot of emails and you probably get a ton in your own inbox uh, for everyone who's listening who, you know, where the email is, you know, it's a fancy HTML template, there's hundreds of products all over the thing. You know, there's no real clear call to action. You know, much like optimizing a landing page, you should keep your emails simple. They should have a direct purpose and there should be a very clear call to action. And I think, you know, as we mentioned at the start, someone like Amazon is really good at this. If you go and browse digital cameras, you'll get a series of emails about digital cameras. And in each of those emails, it's, you know, usually a very clean email, very clean template. You know, there's maybe one, two, three, four pictures of cameras and a very big clear button that says, you know, view this product or buy this product or whatever. That's a great example where, they don't have hundreds of different unrelated products. They don't have, you know, 15 different buttons. They don't have three different coupon codes. It's very clear. So that's another big one I see, just being crisp, clear, having a good call to action. So if you're sending emails, then I would definitely consider, you know, analyzing them and, and focusing on that. And then I guess the the third thing really would be not testing enough. So I think that it's becoming more and more prominent, but it could become much more common is, is A-B testing emails as, as rigorously as people A-B test landing pages. And I think tools now, you know, you've always been able to A-B test subject lines a little bit or certain body copy in certain of the email tools out there. But um, tools are becoming more sophisticated. The results are becoming more sophisticated and you can uh, you know, test timing, you can test time of day, subject lines, content templates. All these things can make a massive difference. I mean, the Flight Fox example I gave, you know, they live to convert conversions by one hundred percent on that particular campaign. That's massive, right? So imagine if they'd never done that A B test. So the third thing, you know, when it when you talk about, you know, conversion problems would be why you know, why aren't you testing your emails more? Because you'll definitely uncover ways to increase the conversions. So that would be my my number three. What is your top actionable tip for improving conversions on a website? Okay. So using email or just in general actionable tip for improving conversions on a website? If you could give us one of each, that'd be great. Maybe my answer to that is if you want to increase conversions on your website, use email or use behavioral email, use use trigger-based email. So I don't know, I don't know if that's a valid answer, but if, if you're looking for a new channel to test, to experiment with and increase the conversions on your site and you're not doing e- enough emailing or you're not doing any automated emailing, then I would say it's definitely worth sitting down and investing a couple of hours setting up even just two, even just one campaign to start with because it can really pay off and it's permanent once you get it once you get it started. So that would be my one tip in terms of outside of email. I mean, I think there's a million and one things you could do. At the moment, I'm a big fan of Qualaroo, which is, or not, I mean, Qualaroo.com is the product in particular, but it's a little survey pop-up that pops up on your site. And um, I'm obviously a big fan of A-B testing, but I've recently started, you know, using this little survey tool to ask visitors direct questions like, why aren't you signing up at this point? Or is this confusing? Select one of the three options to make it better, et cetera. And I found that sort of feedback along with A-B testing is awesome because the customers basically tell you what's crap about your landing page or what's bad about your onboarding process. So if you're looking to increase conversions, I'd say you include a little tool like that where you can get qualitative feedback from your customers. Great. You're not the first person to mention this tool on this podcast, so everybody should go check it out. You should, absolutely. Qualaroo.com. Can you tell us more about your product, Vero, and how it can help us with conversions? So Vero is, um, as I mentioned at the start, it's a behavioral email product. There's two real components to it. One is tracking your customers' actions, and the second one is turning those actions into emails and telling you the results of those emails. I think it's a cool product because it's got a real focus on conversions. So because we're tracking all of these events in real time using JavaScript, 
you can say, right, for this campaign, I'm hoping people will take this action. And we can not only tell you opens and clicks, but how many people took that action. You know, if you're running A-B tests, we can tell you, well, sure, maybe more people clicked variation B, but ultimately more people converted you know, with variation A. So it's a conversion-oriented tool. And, you know, we're trying to build something that's really easy to use, very visual, you know, put the power in the marketer's hands rather than, you know, paying, a, paying someone to build a, a really complex DIY system. So that's a bit of an overview of why I think it's cool. Well, I just want to touch a bit on the unique features of Vero because... The reason why I came to you and signed up for your service is because I was looking for email split testing solution, a solution that could split test autoresponder emails. And I did not find any other really good solution that basically works for e-commerce sites. So any other very unique features of your product? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a few few really unique things. Uh, like this, So something as simple as that, like being able to test any email in a series and being able to test the from address that's actually quite a big deal because... Um, yeah, oh, absolutely. You know, uh, being able to test the content, being able to test heaps of different variations, etc. And we're just about to push a release. Probably in two or three weeks' time is the planned release where that'll get even better. So you'll be able to test the timings of an autoresponder. So like, you know, is it better to send an email one day, three days, 10 days? Or is it better to send an email, you know, three days, five days, 15 days, whatever. And we're also, you know, introducing control groups, trying to make it the best email A-B testing tool in the market because I agree with you. I don't think uh, it's done enough. I don't think there are many tools out there that are really robust. So that's definitely a goal. Did you just say we will be able to test different timings for the emails in terms of how many days? That's, that's like really unique. It's... Yeah, that's the plan um, and, and something we've been working really hard towards. I mean, it, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of common sense though when you, when you think about it. Why can't you do that, you know? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, I, I would really be excited to test it out because I've never thought about it that way before. Yeah, absolutely. So a um, couple of weeks away and then uh, and then it'll be like Christmas. So like, yeah, I mean, you're definitely right. That's one of the core reasons people love Vero is, is the A-B testing. And yeah, we've got a bunch of other unique features like you, you can plug in different underlying mail providers. You can use multiple email providers on some of our more advanced plans. So like if you want to send certain campaigns via a certain IP address and other campaigns via another one to in- enhance deliverability, there's sophisticated tools for that. Really sophisticated dynamic email templating. So like you know, not just being able to insert someone's first name in an outgoing email, but being able to do something crazy like calling your web server before the email sends and, and pulling some content and dumping it in the email. It's, these are quite technical things, but there's definitely some. You uh, can do that. Yeah, yeah. Right now, or is this like a future? Yeah, you can do that. You can do that right now. So there's lots of powerful stuff that uh, that customers do. Okay. The other thing is a question on mobile again, uh, because I check email on my iPhone like 100 times a day. So do you guys cater for that? Is there like some graphical or responsive template you have built into the system? Yeah, so at the moment we don't have any uh, like default templates in there, but we have a little stash that I share with customers when they ask. And obviously um, responsive email design is a big deal at the moment. Our HTML templating engine can handle that. So it's a matter of having the right templates set up. So definitely yeah, we don't have a default one, but if you want one, send me an email or, uh, or if you've got your own, it'll work. Okay, great. 
So where can people find out more about you or get in touch with you? Yeah, definitely. So the getvero.com, G-E-T-V-E-R-O.com uh, is the website. And I think the most relevant places would be, if you go there, there's a blog link on the page. Like um, we put a lot of effort into our blog. There's a lot of war stories on there from both companies like Amazon who have been doing this for years as well as our own customers. So if you enjoyed the stuff we talked about in this podcast, hopefully you'd enjoy what I've written about there. And if you want to get in touch with me, you should just email me directly. Uh, my email is chris at getvera.com and I love talking to everyone uh, about all this stuff or even if you just want to say hello that would be my pleasure thank you again for coming on the podcast today Chris no awesome thanks for having me and like I think the questions were really uh, really interesting and really and, difficult you mean no like some of them were challenging but that's good right it means it means you know what you're talking about and it means the, the listeners are interested in this stuff so um, I, my pleasure you know thanks for having me on Thank you for listening to the Convergence Podcast. Please leave us a review and rating on iTunes if you enjoy our podcast. We love hearing from you. Connect with us at our website, convergencepodcast.com, and let us know what you think. 